Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. L.A. Marzulli with us. We're talking about Fatima and that incredible story that occurred 100 years ago. L.A., we were talking about the, the story of the sun and how many people witnessed this and you were telling us that uh, a number of people came back around June of nineteen seven right. of eighteen seventeen. Tell us what happened. Well, in, in June there was a handful of people that gathered there, and uh, the entity showed up again. It was interesting. Only the children could see her. Only Lucia and Jacinta and Francisco could see the entity. Only Lu- Lucia and Jacinta could hear her speak. Francisco was not able to hear. He saw the entity, but never heard her speak. And it was always voice to skull. It was always telepathic. So in July, the crowds were swelling. Um, and by and the way, 1917. I 1917. think I just said 18. Yeah, the crowds were swelling in July. And it becomes extremely controversial. Uh, the parish priest, Father Fiera, and it, what was interesting here, a little sidebar quickly, that Fiera always believed right from the get-go that the whole thing was demonic did not believe that whatever was going on was Mary of the Bible. Um, and he was, he was a controversial figure. So when he gives his report after an exhaustive study and talking to the witnesses and everything else, and this is the report from 1917, handwritten witnesses from May to October 13th, he goes missing, George. He falls off the face of the earth. Oh, no one knows what happens to the guy. And we're actually trying to find out what happened to him. Did he have a family? you know, like a mother and father, cousins, a brother, sister, we're trying to track it down, because that's a story in itself that's never been told. He absolutely vanishes from history, but I digress. So here's the deal. In September, this whole thing is getting controversial. The, the parish priest is up in arms about it, the bishop, the, the magistrates, and is drawing all these crowds, and Lucia never says it's Mary. She says, it's a lady, and when she asked where did, he, where did she come from, she pointed to the sky. Mm-hmm. That's all in the 1917 documents uncovered by Fina de Armada in their book, Joaquim Fernandez, Fina de Armada, Celestial Lights, Heavenly Lights. And, and they're incredible books if you want to, um, if you, you know, people want to get them. We interviewed Joaquim, um, and he comes on the record in the film. So in September, they tell the kids, the magistrates and the priests, they say, go back to this entity, this lady and ask her, we need a sign. We need something to, to show that this is real. So the kids go back, and they say, look, you know, we need a sign. And the, and the entity tells them, come on, on October 13th, and there will be a sign. So word spreads like wildfire through Port And they didn't have social media There's in those no, days. That's, see, people don't realize that in 1917, there are no cell phones. The cameras that they have are wooden boxes with glass plates. That's right. That's what we're looking at. There are no airplanes in Portugal, maybe one in Lisbon. Probably 99% of the people in that field that day have never seen any type of aerial phenomena at all. Nothing. They've never seen an object, you know, other than a bird in the sky. So when, when, when I'm getting ahead of myself here, but what finally manifests, it's shocking. And there's no paradigm in which these people can embrace it. So 70,000 people 
gather in the field at Fatima. They are awaiting the sign. The kids are there. I mean, 70,000 people. George, that's huge. Think about this. That's, that's, that's a big football stadium. It's a huge crowd. It's a huge crowd. And we've got pictures, which we actually, black and white photos, which we show in the film. They are the original photographs, which we had access to. We show those in the film. And, and you can see it's a sea of umbrellas. It's been raining all morning long from, from the wee hours in the morning, like late night into the wee hours of the morning, all through the morning. There's a sea of umbrellas. People are basically soaked. They are wet to the bone. So at 1 o'clock, uh, the, the kids are there. Everybody's waiting for this thing. It's supposed to happen at noon. It doesn't. It's an hour late. And at 1 o'clock, the, the clouds part and the sun comes out. And everyone's relieved because it finally stops raining. Well, and this is where those of you who are Coast Insiders and have listened to the show for decades know that clouds can often hide objects. And in Fatima 2, which is the sequel to the film, we interviewed Chase Klotsky, who's a UFO investigator. That's right. And a good one. And a good one. And Chase and I have been in the field together, you know, numerous times now. And, and, we, and she comes on the record, and I ask her about the clouds. I mean, I know about them, but I want someone else to talk about them. And, and we know that, that clouds can be used to hide the craft. And somehow these objects, these these, uh, these uh, um, craft can create the clouds. So what happens in Fatima, a hundred years ago, the clouds part, the sun is there. People are looking at the sun, they're relieved that it's not raining. But people are still sopped to the bone. Then, a cloud goes in front of the sun. And out of this cloud, this is all from the 1917 documents. I'm not making it up. It's the handwritten testimonies. Something, an object, comes out of the cloud. And it begins to spin on it like an axis. And as it's doing this, George, it's throwing out all these colors over the crowd. And everyone is completely bedazzled by what they're looking at. I mean, look, if you and I were standing in there in that field, we'd be going, oh, my gosh, what is going exactly. on? What is that? But who reported that in the paper as the sun came down? Well, this is the deal, and I'll talk about that in just a second. All right. So it's spinning, and then like a leaf, it begins to fall to the ground like a leaf motion. Or a feather. Like a feather. Where have right. we heard that before? That's classic in ufology, especially with the disc craft, where they, when they come to Earth, they, they descend in this like leaf-like pattern. We've heard this for decades. So, and then it goes back up. It does this three different times before it does what we call the flyby. This object flies over the crowd less than 100 feet. Now, remember, you're standing in a crowd. Most of the people are illiterate. They can't read or write. That's right. They've never seen an aircraft. They've never seen a plane. They've never seen one in the sky. Okay? All they and, see is the sun, the moon, things it. like that. That's it. And this thing comes out of a cloud and buzzes the crowd. It does a flyby. People are freaked out. There's a, there's a priest who we actually show in the film. It's just a quick little clip. He was a child standing in that field. And now he's like an older man, and he's now a priest, probably in his late 60s, early 70s. I'm not sure, but that's what he looks like to me. And he's very emotional as he talks about it. This is what he says verbatim. This is the translation. Right. The disc, the disc uh-huh. turned tan color and then descended so low that we thought it was, it was going to crush us. Now, all that's real, and I get that. I was buzzed by a, a Cessna. Uh, like 35 years ago, I was walking on the beach in Malibu with my dad, and I heard this 
this really weird sound. I don't know what it was. And it got louder. And I looked behind me, and it's like, you know, I know what it is instantly. It's an airplane. It's a Cessna. But, George, this thing is like maybe 60 feet above the beach. And I grabbed my dad, and we both hit the, hit the sand as this thing. We were terrified. And we knew what it was. And we were terrified. Something that low, moving that fast overhead, it's just, it's unbelievable. So there are lawyers in the field, a few lawyers, medical doctors. There are men of letters. They do come on the record. Not everyone comes on the record, but some, some people do. And this is what we hear. This is from a lawyer. I looked up and saw a dull silver disc. And the word dull, silver, and disc is used by multiple witnesses. That's amazing. Over and over and over again. And might the object have come down L.A. to cloak the sun so those people who really weren't in the know might have thought it was the sun? This is what I think. I think that people were so blown away. There was nothing in their paradigm to... To deal with this. No, I mean, nothing, nothing to compare. Nothing. No, nothing to compare it to. So the newspaper guy who writes the story calls it the miracle of the sun. But, and this, we, we interviewed this guy um, for, for the film. He's just a brilliant man. And, and he plotted the flyby and, and the, where the witnesses were and, and, and talks about the different phenomenon that these people felt from the drying of the clothes to skin burns to the buzzing in the ears. I mean, this is all, all you've, you know, UFO 101. I mean, that's what it is. But, but he talks about if the sun is the size of a watermelon and the earth is the size of a head of a match, there's no way that the sun r- came out of its place in the solar system and descended to no, earth. We all be fried. Th- that we know for that sure. That we know. So it wasn't the sun. And everybody on earth and other places would have known that. It was not the sun. It was something else. It's a misnomer. That's why I use Mothman. Because it's a great example. Yeah. And I know most of your listeners know who he is, so I don't have to you know, go through a 30-minute ex- explanation. I can do the shorthand. Mothman is a misnomer. No one knows what the entity really called what, what it was. No one knows. It was given that name by a reporter. In the same way, 100 years ago, Fatima, Portugal, a reporter calls it the miracle of the sun. This has been repeated literally millions and millions and millions of times up to the present day. But when you go back to the 1917 records and you listen to what the witness testimonies say, it's not the sun. It's a silver disc. Some people describe it as a a bright metallic object. Others call it an orb. Depending on where you are in the field, you're going to have a different vantage point. And we know that witnesses will never say the same thing. You know, they, they use different words to describe what they're seeing. But the phenomenon is completely outside the realm of anyone's paradigm. So they have no, nothing in which to relate it to. And that's why they're called. And remember, in 1917, the, the, the words that we know and that everyone who's listening on this show know, UFOs, flying saucers, that is not in the lexicon. That won't happen for decades later. So there's, there's no word that UFO, flying saucer. So they're calling it a dull silver disc. What does that sound like to you? Well, uh, it sounds like some kind of craft. Absolutely. L.A., what about the three secrets of Fatima that apparently has been kicked around for some time that even uh, the late Father Malachi Martin discussed, these three secrets, what were they? Did they come up at all in this? 
what's interesting is, and, and we didn't we didn't delve into it. I, I and I, even in Fatima two, the sequel, I I won't. I'll, I'll tell you what what I think based on the research. This is what happens to Lucia. The the, the other two seers, Jacinta, dies first. Uh, she's like nine years old. She dies as a child. As a very child, only right. nine years old. She was seven when she saw the entity. She, two years later, she dies of influenza. Francisco, same thing. He succumbs to influenza shortly thereafter. He never reaches his, his you know, teenage years. So we have one seer that's left, Lucia. That's it. At 18 years old, she's hustled off by the Jesuits to a convent and given a vow of silence. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know this. They, so in they, they quiet her up. Absolutely. In 1928, this is 11 years after the events, okay? In 1928, she writes her memoirs. She writes about the first and second secret. There is no mention in the 1917 documents. And people can take issue with this. Go back and read the 1917 documents. If it was so important, why didn't she talk? She never mentions Russia. There are no secrets. It's not there, George. It's not there. But the bottom line is, this, this is why... Was it made up by the church? Well, I, I don't want to go there, but yes. <laughs> you're going to have to if I ask. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're going to get some calls about that, L.A., next hour. You know that. I know that. And it's very controversial. And again, we're not... I'm not here trying to disparage anyone's belief. If someone wants to believe that it was Mary of the Bible, more power to you. Well, and, and none of this negates the belief of God. No, of course, look, you, you know where I'm at. I mean, I'm a, I'm a believer. I mean, I am. But I'm also a frank supernaturalist. And the bottom line is just because we see something or just because we encounter something, we have no idea whether it's benevolent or malevolent. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.